1: Jason, You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
0: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
1: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
0: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
1: I did not work out, but for me, running back and forth five times is the same thing. Uh... <laughs> So, so, no, um, I just thought I, thought I had everything right for the first time. And then I was like, oh, I sat down with Campy. And then I didn't have AirPods. I'm like, oh, shit. And Campy's like, yeah. Jason, hey, some people don't have their headphones. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to run in my car where I think they are. Good. And I, go to, I go to my car. I shake my armrest and they aren't there. So I come back in the house. And I'm like, okay, well, what did I have on yesterday? Because they must still be in the pockets of whatever that was. But um, also because I was uncharacteristically doing the right thing. I had already put my clothes away in the hamper and in my closet. And so they weren't there either. And so it dawned on me that they had perhaps fallen out of my shallow shorts pockets and they were still in my car. So I had to go to my car again and there they were under my seat. So having run. Yeah, me too. Having run outside twice um, is is enough for a fat guy like me to get a little winded. So I'll catch my breath here in a bit.
2: All right. Well, you're here. You, You have good Wi-Fi.
1: I know. Dig that.
2: How many appearances have you had on our show, Herb, that were canceled because of your Wi-Fi? Is it two or
1: one? Well, however many times I've ever been on here, I've had bad Wi-Fi. So I think one got canceled, another got like stopped midway, and then all the others we kind of just fought through. So um, finally, um, a couple of visits from from Xfinity technicians, and I think I have reliable Wi-Fi now.
2: Okay, good. I'm glad got that squared away. You're back.
1: Well, well, you know,
2: I was nervous (laughs) ever since I got AirPods. I, I got that. Someone got them for me. I didn't buy them. Um, a company I was working for, got them for me and they were like 200 bucks, which is to me, significant money. Like if I had an expense come up right now, unexpectedly for $200, that would be like, inconvenient, very inconvenient. Yeah, it would, it would mean there's got to be a cut somewhere else to make that work. I'm not one of these rich newspaper writers you always hear
1: about. <laughs> Actually, I haven't heard but about those. I was those super
2: books. nervous because it's like, like I didn't have to pay for these, thankfully, and I probably wouldn't have bought them if I did have to. I wouldn't have spent on a, a luxury item like that. Although now that I've had them, now that I've had the uh, AirPods and I have the noise-canceling ones, I I don't consider it a luxury anymore. Now it's like, if I lost these, I would have to buy new ones.
1: It's a necessity. Like once you have them, it's a necessity.
2: It's like having a light switch for noise. Like someone's annoying you and you don't even have to confront them or move. You can just click, turn it off. It's incredible. It's probably our greatest human advancement since fire. (laughs) But I've been very worried about losing them because then I'd be out the 200 bucks that I would have to spend on a replacement it's really weird, like to replace one of these things is like a hundred dollars, just one earbud is a hundred dollars each. So if like, if I only lost my left one, I could replace it for a hundred bucks. Or if I lost the case, I could replace it for a hundred bucks. So somehow it costs at the time now, I don't know what they are now with inflation at the time it cost 200 bucks for the whole thing. But if you had to replace each of the three parts individually, it'd be like 300. So I don't really get how that works, but anytime the bundle, I lose the bundle these, price. Anytime I lose these things, man, I'm nervous. It's so nerve wracking if the AirPods are not where I thought they were or where I left them. So well, I understand always think they're like, gone forever. I oh, There would be
1: this total panic for me. Have you were... ever dropped them out of the case? Yeah. Where they just fall yeah. and then they just explode everywhere. Yes.
2: In fact, it happened to me in the Soldier Field press box Sunday. And uh Immediately, you're like, "Did I break the case?" And you're like, "Don't move! Do not move at all! Like, pretend like there's a nobody move, nobody get hurt. Yes, don't, (laughs) don't roll this chair. Don't step. Don't anything. Don't let anyone around you move, because all I need is like Mark Potash or Patrick Finley rolling back in their chair and then (laughs) crunch,
1: and you'd hear it, and you know that's exactly what it was. But I've never seen anything bounce the way these AirPods do when they hit the floor. They remind me of Remember, like Jack in the balls, where you had the little Jack things, and then you had that little rubber yeah. ball that you play with it. That bouncy yeah, ball that called, the, 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 the...
2: I think it's just called Jacks, not Jack in the balls. It's not Jack
1: in balls. Oh, I like I think you're mixing up the
2: game Jacks.
3: That's a different
2: and, tab. And the Jack in the box. <laughs> <laughs> and you're coming up with okay, so it's just Jacks. I don't think that's. <laughs> I think it's just called Jacks. I don't think. I don't think like you know kids are on the schoolyard playing Jack in the balls. I think it's called Jacks.
1: Okay, well, that's super dense ball that goes with jacks that bounces mm-hmm. ridiculously far and high. That's the only thing I've ever seen bounce similarly to AirPods when they hit the floor. It's like <laughs> you drop them right here, and I swear they'll end up in like the living room somewhere. It's like how's that even possible?
3: Now, when you're you're walking like in the city with AirPods, this I don't have AirPods, but I I will not do any noise canceling when I'm like walking around having to cross streets, do any of that? Is that just me being paranoid or is that actually like something you guys think about with those?
1: I think that's prudent. I think that's smart. I think that's a very responsible thing to not walk around choosing not to hear things. Um, And, and so, yeah, if you aren't used to not being able to hear choosing not to hear as you, as you just kind of roam about the city is not wise.
2: Or anywhere, 1,000% agree. Like I live in the suburbs and when I walk my dog, I do not have the noise canceling on because I need, I need to hear if somebody's, you know, uh, honking at me or I, d- I need to be alert that there's a car coming behind me that might be like turning into his driveway or something. And if I'm in the city, same thing. You know, I'm I'm very selective about when I use the noise canceling, Campy. That's a great question by you because I use it when I need, I use it when I'm working. hmm when I'm writing, because I I need it quiet and I'll usually put like some instrumental music through there, through the phone. So then I really can't hear any outside noise and I can work in that man. I can work in anything. I can work in the middle of, you know, Cirque du Soleil if I have to, but now that I have this option not to fantastic, I'm happy to turn it off. And then the other time I, I always use the noise canceling is on flights because the plane just has this low level of underlying noise That makes it kind of hard to hear, at least for me, with regular headphones. But if you go noise canceling, then it's like, perfect. You can hear everything. But other than that, you're right. Like, if I'm out and about, I do not want the noise canceling on. If I use these things in the car, I absolutely do not use the noise canceling. That feels super dangerous to me. And I cannot use the noise canceling anytime when I'm talking. So, like, when I'm on here and I have the AirPods, Mm. I kind of need to know, like, what my voice sounds like, and what the volume of it is. Same thing if I use them when I go on radio or anything like that.
1: I put them on on the flight regardless. Like, I put them on just to discourage people from speaking to me. Like, I don't hear you. No. I'm sucks. listening to something, and you're, you, you really should stop like talking
2: depriving, me. You're depriving the world of getting to meet someone that they would like. That's really not very nice of you.
1: Yeah, there's a time and place for everything, and this flight just isn't that time or space. Now, if we, if you had called me at the airport bar right before we got on this plane, we could have been best buds. But once we step foot on the plane, I would really like for you to to keep it to yourself.
2: I also have done that. I was doing that for a while, where I would put pre AirPods. This is before they existed. I think I would put like the little corded headphones. Like I, I had to use them last week, Rick, because my uh, I hadn't char- properly charged my AirPods. But I would have them in, and the part you'd plug in would just be, like, plugged into a highlighter or something. Like, <laughs> or just in my pocket. Yeah, it's like tucked into
3: a hoodie pocket or something. Because that's where your Walkman would be.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a Walkman. Like, there there have been, there were many times, though, and I, I mostly have stopped doing that, like, as a deterrent. Sometimes I'm, I, if you see me now at the airport and I have them in, it's because I want to listen to something. Or I'm working. It's not just as a scarecrow to try to keep people away. But there was a time where it was like, I felt like God was really leading me to like be available to people, even though even people I don't know, that people that okay. try to talk to you at the airport that don't know you and or on the plane that don't know you, like they clearly have some kind of need as a person and you take yourself out of the picture of meeting that need for them. And The situations that I would get into were unbelievable. Like the conversations I would get into, I'm talking like, I don't even know how this happened, but the woman at Starbucks at the Charlotte airport, I I remember this clearly. I don't know how we got there, but my getting, ordering and receiving my drink ended with her seeking my advice on whether she should get married to her
1: boyfriend. Really?
2: I can't tell you how many of these conversations when I've like intentionally tried to make myself available to people, how serious it gets how fast, like some guy on a flight to Phoenix was showing me pictures on his phone of his kids and a vacation they went on and then started telling me about some of the problems that he has with his kids and like how much stress it's causing him. Uh, I've had multiple people cry during these conversations. And you realize like, I am only going to be around this person for so long. I'm never going to see this person again, most likely. I'm sure there's stories of sometimes these become lifelong friendships or something that's probably not going to happen. It's very unlikely. But this person needs you at this time. And I'm not saying that to say, like, what a good good person I am. I am saying, like, it's amazing what you will get into with people when you think like that.
1: No, that's good on you for for feeling that command from God and then following through on it to the point where you've actually had these in-depth conversations. I feel like you should have their information so you can follow up on just how awesome that marriage is going and also what it saved both of them from like and how you've counseled this guy into back into becoming a good father and steering his children out of rehab and or prison like you. That's good stuff, man. I'm serious. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. I believe in God
2: and I believe that God moves in ways that are different than what you read in the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. nowadays, like I don't, I've not heard anything recently about a burning bush or like a parting sea. I, I don't doubt that that could happen, but I believe that God works operates in people's lives a little bit differently now. And there are times where I am very like willing and enthusiastic to do something I feel like I'm led to do. And there are definitely times where I'm not. There are definitely times where it's like, all right, all right, man, I'm going to do it. And I remember like that was one of those times with the the woman at the, uh, at the Charlotte airport, the Starbucks barista, asking me, asking my opinion at the end of this four minute conversation, whether I thought she should get married to her boyfriend. I remember walking away being like, good one, God, that was pretty funny.
1: Do you remember the advice that you gave?
2: I'm sure that it was very careful because I would not have told someone after a four minute conversation, to get married or not get married. I probably, if one of those things, like if you ask me and I don't know the answer, I can direct you where to find it. Something like that, like a customer service would person would put you. <laughs> there was another one that like, I was, in the, I was in the gate area and it was one of those days where I felt like this is really what I was being called to do that day. And I saw this guy in the waiting area and he was clearly with his family and he was crying the whole time. Adult man, like probably young probably like 20 to 25 crying and I'm like, wow. oh man this is what this is what this is today oh huh god this is really
1: all right yeah that's today's assignment and get to it it's like
2: i ended up i don't even remember how it worked out but this is like back when i was covering the nba so i traveled a lot and got upgrades and i was sitting in first class most of the time and i remember like i gave up my first class ticket to trade see that's how compelled i felt that this was being put in front of me I swapped that. I offered that to whoever was sitting next to him so I could sit next to the guy and talk to him on the flight and kind of like be available as a person. And I that was a long time ago. When I tell these stories, that's probably like 10 years ago. And as I'm hearing myself tell it, I'm like, I need to get back to more of that. Probably.
1: That is really good stuff, man. I really I really wish I had the follow ups on those. Th- things I wish we could talk to those people because I bet you that guy would be like I was thinking about running into the cockpit and ending this for all of us (laughs) wow all right
2: man you took that pretty crazy okay
1: did you see this there's a story out right now there's a guy who just got charged with 83 counts of attempted murder because on a plane I think they were going from like Seattle to San Francisco or something Mm -hmm. and he's an off-duty pilot yeah he's an off-duty pilot sitting in the jump seat and this particular jump seat happened to actually be up there with the pilot and co-pilot. And he gets up in the middle of this flight and tries to shut off the engine. Instantly had, killing 83 had, people. Fortunate.
2: He had like a mental breakdown slash psychotic episode. Clearly. But fortunately, fortunately, the, the actual pilot, like the active pilot handled it. Those guys are amazing, man. Like those guys will... I always use this as a metaphor in like negotiation or when I'm teaching my kids to work through something, like I always will tell, I always will tell them or someone else, just land the plane. Just like get this argument down to the ground resolved. If you're ever in negotiation, as soon as you get what you want, just land the plane. Do not keep rehashing First rule of negotiation. old stuff. <laughs> just once you, once you've got it, you know, like, like this will happen with, uh, you know, customer service or something on the airlines or the hotels or whatever and they'll be like well we'll make a one-time exception and then they'll lecture you and it's like what we're already got where i needed to go so we'll just land the plane i'm not going to keep arguing with you this is what i say in my head the pilots actually land the plane they will land the plane no matter what happens those guys are amazing and you you have to have a 100 percent success rate 100 yes percent yes. success rate as a pilot so whether there's weather whether there's birds whether there's an engine problem whether someone is having a psychotic episode and trying to take the plane down your job is to land the plane and that guy that pilot did it that alaska air pilot man that's quite a thing to to encounter like of all the things you could you could plan for and i don't think that's kind of in my kind of run through in your mind before you get there and be prepared for, what would I do in this situation? I, I That's not on the list. Hats off to that guy. Man. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously. Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports, Jason. We? I'm Jason Leisure. I got my co-host, Herb Howard in, subbing in for Russ. Russ is on Some World people. Series duty. And I've not watched much of the baseball playoffs, but I do know that it's uh, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. And I watched... I got to watch game seven uh, Tuesday night in the National League series. Very, very fun. Very fun to watch. And that wasn't that was like, what was it, four to two or five to two? But it was tense all the way to the end. I love playoff baseball like that.
1: Wow. It's gotten so crazy because I just I haven't watched a single full game of this of this MLB postseason. But I hear the like clips and I see the things and it's like it sounds like it's in a really been. An amazing postseason, but I still haven't been able to get into it and watch the game. Like I heard, the I heard the Phillies were on this crazy run, and Bryce Harper was going like all legend. And I still didn't get into it. Like I didn't even know that the Phillies didn't win until you just said that the Diamondbacks were in the World Series. Because everything I've been hearing, I thought the Phillies were just taking care of business, and apparently not. And I know that the I know the Stros are up three two, and I guess they lost six and seven. Mm, unfortunate.
2: This is where you get your news days later off the Sports Adjacent podcast, just like my mom. That's how my mom gets most of her sports (laughs) news, too, I think. And we got our producer, Rick Camp, in for an extended stay with us. Rick Camp in for probably about two months while Tony Gill is on leave. Rick, are you bothered that I'm wearing my Everybody Loves Tony Gill shirt today? Does that make you feel?
3: No, it takes more than that to make me feel inadequate. If someone's going to make me feel inadequate, it's going to be me.
2: There you go. That's the spirit. There you go. (laughs) That's living. Once, uh, once Tony has the baby and everything's good, then I'll just like do like what the fans do, like what they did with all the Mitch Trubisky jerseys. They put a piece of tape over Trubisky that said Claypool, and now they'll put it over. It'll say practice squad wide receiver number three or something. I'll get I'll get a piece of, uh, like, masking tape and put, instead of everybody loves Tony Gods just put Rick. <laughs> I don't even need a last name. They'll know. They'll know who I mean.
1: I thought you were going to say it's you're real. going to put the baby's first name over Tony. And,
3: <laughs> and the,
2: f- the best part too. is
3: Tony would be offended by that. Uh,
2: he'd be offended. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> – the baby i'm sure is has arrived by the time this episode comes out and will have mo- be like the latest to move ahead of tony gill in my gill family rankings like he has two brothers and a sister and his parents and his wife and his nephew ja tony's coming in somewhere around number 7 or 8 in that in those rankings for me the That's rest wild. of the family's fantastic
1: keeps falling he just keeps falling yep. every time you meet another member of the family he drops a rank
2: <laughs> yeah His cousin, Guy. Yeah. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. That's our link for our listeners. And if you use that link, you will automatically get a 23% discount added to your cart. No promo code needed. Just go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. You can get the flannels, eucalyptus cotton hybrid. But uh, you can get the pillow too. But like the main thing you should be thinking about right now is... When you get this episode, it'll still be October, right? Can't be yet. Yeah. It'll be yeah. late October. And I know you got Christmas and other holidays coming up at the end of the year. Like my family, we got birthdays in that part of the year that we got to tend to. This is an awesome gift. Find out what size bed your person that you're buying a gift for has. Office party, family, whatever. Just You know, find some sly way to do it. I'm sure you could figure that out. And get them some sheets and giggles. Get them the sheet set. They are going to absolutely love it. It's the most comfortable set of sheets I've ever slept on, and they look great, too. And go to sheetsgiggles.com SA to get the discount. You'll be out in front and saving money. That's going to be really good for you. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer your first bet gets paid back in free betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. All you have to do is use our promo code ADJACENT1000. Uh, you can bet on college football, pro football, NBA is underway now, hockey is underway. You can bet futures over there, bet MGM. Just use promo code ADJACENT1000 and your first bet will be paid back up to $1,500 in free future betting credits if you don't win. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. One of the things I'm dealing with in my house lately is that my kids, my daughters are 12 and 9. And while that is technically not teenagers, it really kind of checks out with everything I hear people say about raising teenagers. And there's some like, you know, higher and lower level stressors with that. And I guess while this one is annoying the daylights out of me, I would have to admit it's a low-level stressor. I can't go another day, Campy, mm-hmm. listening to kids singing Taylor Swift songs poorly around my house.
3: Ooh, now, singing I, poorly in terms of the words, in terms they're of they're trying the notes. hard. They're
2: kids. They're
3: trying hard. They're kids. They
2: I don't want to listen to those songs yeah. sung well most of the time.
3: <laughs> do, you not, do you non-plement them? Do, I, do you say, that's nah. a song and you're singing it?
2: No. <laughs> no. I don't think my kids could take that. And I have to make sure they never hear this episode. They're actually both like pretty good at singing, probably, for their age. I don't know. I'm not a musical person. I don't, I don't know. But um, I've heard more than enough of it. And I don't know how to stop it without being... Like the stereotypical dad who's like, turn that dumb music off. You know, your music's terrible. You should (laughs) have heard heard how they made music back in my day.
1: That is definitely how I know that I am old now. Just the way I feel about new music and the new artists. And I feel like I sound like all of the old heads when I was growing up, like y'all listening to that skee boom bop bap and that ain't real music. And that's exactly how I feel listening to these new songs now. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all the, all my thoughts on it are like, that's crap. And turn that down. It's too loud.
1: I'm like,
3: Oh. So how long ago did you guys tap out on new music? Because I know for me, it was within the last probably like three years or so where I'm just like, unless it's something that is so specifically up my alley, I'm probably not even going to bother.
1: No, I I haven't discovered a new artist that I like since like a little baby. And that's, and he he's an like outlier. Him. I just happen to like him. Yeah. But the new artists that I like, I haven't, like, I, most of the time I get in my car, I'm still playing like Jay Z, Jada Kiss, 90s RB, like that kind of stuff. Like, no.
2: <laughs> I am still, I feel like I still hear all the new young people music because part of my day every day is in. Uh, rich young guy circle where you're in the locker room at house hall or you're on the practice field and they're playing what rich 20 somethings listen to. So I feel like I'm still hearing a lot of it, but I am getting to the point at 39 where I'm kind of stuck in my ways and just kind of only don't really latch on to anything that I don't already like.
1: No, I don't like it, and I and and even worse now in the locker room when when I hear it because the uh, Bears defensive end Demarcus Walker has this unique speaker that he plays in the locker room, and it sounds amazing no matter what he's playing. the 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 sound of it of the speaker is amazing. So I'm like, Yo, what kind of speaker is that? And he says it's a four thousand dollars speaker, and I said, Okay, then I don't need <laughs> to know the brand or anything else about it because yeah.
0: it yeah. doesn't it's concern no me anymore. <laughs>
2: Right. So so I'll check back with you on the brand name if I win the lottery.
3: So is there anything that when they're at practice that you'll hear like on the playlist and you're like, Oh, that made the cut. Like, I know that I'm a little surprised that made the cut.
2: Anything old, like anything that feels like it was something I would have listened to when I was that age or younger.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they play some of the older stuff and I'm like, okay, that's a vibe. But then sometimes you can tell they just went up to like, one of these young dudes like yo what do y'all want to hear today and play that and it's like okay i don't like i don't know any of that and it doesn't particularly sound good but they have a they have a team dj um dj ella who i'm a huge fan of so when he has a playlist and he jayla's like i don't know like he like 41 or something like that right so he has a more um mature ear so when he put when they have his playlist i can always tell like that's jay's playlist versus they they allowed Tyler Scott to pick what we're going to hear today.
2: <laughs> am I am I correct that uh, through your interactions with some of the Bears players, you have they have turned you on to country music.
1: That is one hundred percent true. Shout out to Tristan Ebner, who is no longer a Bear, um, but he turned me on to a lot of country music. I've had a country music playlist before I met him. But it was like four or five songs like it was like live like you were dying and like uh, "Like uh I'm going home. That was like all I knew. And then Treston Ebner's like, no, you got to listen to Chris Stapleton. And I'm like, who is Chris Stapleton? And he's like, just listen to him. I was like, OK, well, what should I listen to? Like, give me a couple songs. And he was like, well, he gave me like three or four songs and it was, it was like Tennessee Whiskey. And it was uh, you should probably leave. And I listened to it all the way from. From Hallis Hall back to my crib, and it was like, oh shit, Chris Stapleton is dope. Like yeah, so now I got <laughs> I got a few Chris Stapleton songs on my playlist. So, so I will always be grateful to to and Ebner for for putting me on to 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 some some uh, some good country music.
2: I don't think I really ran into country music until I lived in the South. Until I went to uh, New Orleans is not exactly like you know, your typical part of the South, but I met, met and married a girl who's from more like the rural part of Louisiana. And that's definitely country music wheelhouse right there. Um, But it was like a foreign language to me. And then I'm like, okay, most of these songs seem to be about uh, drinking beer and trucks and dogs. And like, it seems pretty good. Okay. All right. I can see why people relate. It's very normal. It's very relatable. Um, I wanted to get to this somehow today and we just led right into it. I'm sitting there like, how can I how can I inquire with herb Howard about his country music interest and get him to read some country music lyrics? I'm like, how can how can I get it there? I feel like I can get it there. And then it just it was handed to me on a silver platter. Let's do a reading segment right now with herb Howard. I want herb Howard to read us a song.
3: And now, Herb Howard reads.
1: I have song lyrics for you guys. Now, is
2: this, I picked this song for you, but do you know this one? Was this one you'd heard before?
1: I do not know this one, but rain is a good thing. At least, so believes Luke Bryan. Ain't nothing like a kiss out back in the barn. Ringing out our soaking clothes, riding out a thunderstorm. When the tin roof gets to talking, that's the best love we make. Yeah, where I come from, rain is a good thing. Rain makes corn, and corn makes whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby feel a little frisky. Backroads are bogging up, my buddies pile up in my truck. We hunt our honeys down, we take them into town. Star washing all worries down the drain rain is a good thing that was fantastic you're
2: so much better at this than tony i don't mind saying that you read that like you Those were at a lyrics. poetry slam like an old school like poetry night at a at a at a bar or a coffee house or something
1: That's how. That's how all the country songs feel. They feel like poetry. They tell this story. They're all similar. Like you were saying earlier, they're all going to involve you know some type of love or heartbreak. They're going to involve whiskey. They're going to involve a pickup truck. But they're good stories. Good stories with 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 nice lyrics.
3: So once in seventh grade, I had to write a poem. Just couldn't think of anything. So I was like, "Here's what I'm going to do. Let me find the most obscure, relatively." uh that i garth brooks song that i can relate to let me take a verse and let me relate to like let me find well, some deep I, that,
2: that's from plausible. garth brooks that would also apply to my life
3: as a seventh grader no but like that that could maybe be plausible okay that i could have maybe thought of and it was one that it was like at some resort and some wolves got a person was like the, was the, the essence of this thing. So I'm like, yeah, I totally went to Colorado and witnessed this. And I got like an a on it. And the teacher like put like a, with the circle must wow. have been a hell of an exp- or must have been like, <laughs> like a, some sort of experience or whatever.
2: You gotta <laughs> say like that happened to me metaphorically. Like that's what I went through emotionally.
3: Yeah, Sure. Whatever, I you got,
2: got torn up by Wolves in, in Colorado. That was a good plagiarism confession there, and you got away with it too.
3: I mean, statue of limitations.
2: You know. Yeah, that's some good cheating right there, Rick Camp.
1: There you go. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying.
2: Bringing it back, I think this is your first time being part of this, Rick Camp. I like to play mm-hmm. Dear Herbie, which is where I take actual submissions to Dear Abby, the advice column. But we put him to Herb because Herb gives great advice. Herb is a good friend of mine and he gives great advice. I have seen him give great advice to me and to other people. People are not always ready for the advice that Herb gets, gives them. <laughs> that is true. Let me throw one at you here, Herb. What well, we got? Dear Herbie, my husband loves cooking for the family. Unfortunately, he's a horrible cook. My kids hate what he prepares, so most of the food goes in the trash. I have had many conversations with him about this, begging him not to do it, and telling him if he wants to cook, he should just make something for himself. His reply is always, I'm not forcing you guys to eat my food. You're welcome to eat something else. But when we do that, he sulks and ruins everyone's day, so we end up giving in. I don't know how to get through to him about this.
1: Okay, that is a tough one. Like that is a that's a really really tough one. You got a clearly a stubborn dad and husband,
0: but he he's like also
1: emotional, right? He's also emotional <laughs> um, to where his feelings get hurt when you guys go with the plan B, even though he is proposing you guys to go with plan B. Um, what do we do here? Mm, I think we throw out the food pre-cook. Like some important part of whatever it is he plans to cook, we just throw it out. Like, oh, I don't know what happened to that. Like, You you forgot to, like you were going to make like chicken Parmesan and like, oh, we don't know what happened to the chicken. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. we don't know what happened to it. So you just throw it out. He's, he's clearly fine with wasting money anyway, because you guys don't want to eat this. So I'd say find an ingredient that he cannot prepare this meal without before he starts cooking and throw it away. And then everybody think, played dumb.
2: I think you need a pivot. I think you need. Hey, we looked to see if you had everything to make that, and we were we didn't have tomatoes, uh, so we already we ordered Chinese, and it'll be here in five minutes. There you go. We we were gonna tell you, but uh, you were we didn't know where you were, something like that. You only or, gonna the, to pull that off like once or twice though.
1: That's true. That that doesn't have a very long shelf life in terms of how many times <laughs> you can do that. What you could do is always have one of his favorite meals as the backup, like something that he can't deny, he can't resist, whether that's something that the wife makes or something that you guys order. Every time he's like, hey, I got dinner tonight, just give him something he absolutely cannot resist, his favorite restaurant or his favorite home-cooked meal every single time.
2: I don't know how somebody is a bad cook and doesn't know it or doesn't care or can't taste it themselves. I think I cook I think I cook well, but I know when I've made something that flops. Like when it's not, when it didn't come out right, I know it. No one has to tell me. I can tell. this. Right. What makes me mad is I make food. I make food that's good and involved, like takes me a while to make. And then my kids won't eat it. And it's not because it's bad.
0: No, it's not because it's like,
2: like
1: poorly cooked food, like chicken fingers. Like you want chicken fingers after I just put this together for three hours. Okay. Do you know how
2: long it takes to make a risotto, children? <laughs> <laughs> you win, grates. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of
2: stirring, a lot of watching.
3: I don't know. It looks easy on Hell's Kitchen. They do it every episode.
2: They get every yelled episode, at if they, they do
3: it wrong once.
2: There was one time the kids were the ki- my kids love when I messed something up. That just cracks them up. Like there was one in the same week there had been where I had made a stir fry which is super hit and miss for me. That should be easy, it seems like, but it, for some reason it's not. And the stir fry was, like, very okay at best. I But I knew it. I wasn't, like, oblivious to this. And I'm like, it's edible. It's not like, this is so bad we can't eat it. It's like, this is just going right. to be not that great. We can eat it. And they, com- they kind of, like, you know, took shots at me playfully the whole time. <laughs> and then, like, a couple nights later, they were at their friend's house who live, you know, behind us uh-huh. their neighbors. and the mom made stir fry and man those kids could not shut up about how good that stir fry was when they got home they wanted to make Ooh. sure i knew exactly how good
1: Ooh. miss vanessa's stir fry was that kind of hits in the ribs a little bit that's that's a little that's a little that's a little under the belt girls that's not cool
2: yeah <laughs> that's how we play at our house kind of
3: now do they give specific critiques too like oh well <laughs> no. man, the salt level like Oh, the extra bit of this so that, like, at least if nothing else, you're getting some, like, cues for the next time? No, there's
2: no no constructive criticism. There's no helpful feedback. No. They usually are like, ooh, Dad made dinner. Let's play Food Critic. Like, okay, yeah. The other one's like, yeah, let's play Food Critic. This is terrible. Wow. All
1: right. That's hilarious. Hold on. Wait. I'm sorry do they do they bring it directly to you like they come home and say like hey dad miss vanessa's stuff was good or do they just kind of like walk past you like jeez that was the greatest stir fry i've had all week i've never had stir fry better than that this week
2: (laughs) it's both it's both they can't it'd be the first thing i heard about when they got when they walked in the door was dad miss vanessa made what you made and it was good
1: That is so good.
2: Recently, my uh, nine-year-old wanted to cook something together. And after all this arguing about, like, there's one dish that we make that's called ferrotto. It's an Italian dish. It's like risotto, but uh, a different grain. And I like it, but I didn't really want to make it that night for whatever reason. And after all this debate, I finally gave in. I'm like, fine, we'll make it. And she likes to make it and eat it. And she neither helped make it nor ate it. After I spent wow. all this time arguing with her, then she didn't want to help make it because she was playing outside. That part I can kind of understand. She's a kid. And then I put this on the table after all of this work that goes into it and going and buying the ingredients. You got to buy leeks for this. I don't just have leeks hanging around my yeah. house. I got to go to the yeah. grocery store and get that. And you're grating pecorino cheese and all this stuff. And I put this on a plate and it came out great. I actually nailed it. And she takes like one bite of it and she's like, I don't really want to eat this tonight.
1: Wow. That's when your patience as a parent has to like come. It has to it has to kick in right there because me, I'd be like, "Look, kid, you know what? Go to your room. You don't eat anything. You don't eat anything today. You don't get you don't get water, milk. N- Go to your room." What?
2: I don't believe in just like letting everything slide, although that is like how parenting is done now. Um <laughs> but I restrained myself. It took like the most epic restraint I had to just not say anything in the name of peace in the name of like continuing to have it be a nice night for everyone. I did. My wife knew all the backstory of this. My wife was sitting next to me and all I did, and this is all I want in life pretty much is I just, I reached under the table and I grabbed my wife's leg and I squeezed it like as hard as I could (laughs) for about like two seconds. It's like, I just want to make sure someone else here knows. Somebody feels me. I want to make sure someone else heard what just happened. And then I'm just going to let it go. And then I'm going to vent about it on my podcast. Dear Herbie, my husband's best friend's wife. Now, I think this is relatable. My husband's best friend's wife. So a spouse's very close friend. Their wife is involved in this. Mm hmm. Makes the time we spend together unbearable. We see them often and spend many holidays together. She is loud and dramatic, and she loves to be the center of attention. Also, if she doesn't get her way, she resorts to talking like a baby or making a scene. She constantly complains. My husband has been best friends with this man since they were kids. So this is a tough situation. This no. is very relatable, Herb. Like sometimes, you know, not exactly this, but like you have a friend that you love and, have been, and are very good friends with. But then you're not you're that crazy about the spouse, and
1: you know it's a package deal. They are a package deal. I do not have to accept the package. I Don't have to.
2: <laughs> well, we then can, I think we it's, it's like it. all or nothing. I think it's pretty no, much no, all or nothing for
1: for for the holidays. It's fine. It's nothing. It's pretty you hard to don't be come over with
2: someone if you don't like their spouse.
1: Um, it changes the relationship for sure. Um, uh, we'll just we'll we'll catch up and do whatever it is we like to do. So if we. We're, we're we're my bowling friend and we'll see you at bowling. But this this intermingling of our families is not going to work because I guarantee you that the husband's friend knows that their wife is insufferable. They know that too, right? So it's no, not they like they don't. aren't- no, they not don't. Like...
2: There's no way they do. No, I totally disagree with you. Oh, not I only, think they do. Not, you're oh, saying I think it's, they do. it's so obvious. There's no way he doesn't know. I'm saying the flat out opposite. There's no way he does know. There's no, no way he knows he has a massive blind spot on this.
1: I don't think so. I think I think he's like sitting over like, oh, she's about to do it again. Oh, she's doing it again. Oh, she's doing it again. <laughs> like, I like, no, okay. no, 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 well, no, no, no. So in that scenario, show. then he's
2: going to be very understanding of your position that I want to only hang out with you, but not you.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's like, listen, okay. if – if, if my wife doesn't like your wife, then there's no real reason for us to breed this intermingling family thing. You're my friend. I'm your friend. Cool. When you see my wife, she likes you. You like her. That's cool. But we don't have to bring families together because nobody likes your wife. Um, there's a movie out on Netflix right now. I just watched it today. Um, uh, Bill Burr, uh, who's one of my favorite comedians. It's Bill Burr. It's Bokeem Woodbine and another guy who I'm familiar with, but I don't know his name. It's called Old Dads. And yeah, I've
2: seen this advertised on there.
1: I have not watched it, but I know what you're talking about. It's pretty good. It's funny. But there's a part in it where Bill Burr's wife goes off on one of his best friend's wife and tell her she's a bad parent and she's shallow and she's this, that and a third. And so then the wife that she went off on, she then forbids her husband to talk to Bill Burr. And they're a best friend. So she's like, you can't talk to him at all. And so they go okay. like months without speaking. And then the next thing you know, you see there's a scene where the guy's in the bathroom, like in the dark with the candle, writing a a, a handwritten letter to Bill bro, like, bro, I miss you, man. This is what's been going on. Please. Like, and his wife comes in the bathroom like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. He burns in the candle and flushes down the toilet.
2: <laughs> all right. So you think they can just separate this. Okay. All right.
1: I, th- I think so.
2: I got one more for you. What we got? Dear Herbie, I have been with my man for seven years, and I keep asking him when we're getting married. He said he would, quote, someday. He said we would, quote, someday. Then COVID came along. Now he says Mm -hmm. he wants to wait until the pandemic is completely over. Mm -hmm. I love this man with all my heart. I have my wedding dress and shoes, but I'm tired of his excuses. I'm almost ready to say the heck with it and sell my shoes and dress. Should I?
1: Yes. That man does not want to marry you. He does not intend to. He is going to wait until there is not a single positive covid test on the planet um, before he's going to concede that the pandemic is, quote, over. Um, he doesn't want to marry you. And I, listen, if you can just come to accept that, then y'all could probably continue to live blissfully. You say you love him with everything in you. So clearly everything is fine except for the fact that you want to be married. And for whatever reason, he does not. You either come to terms with that and live happily ever after unmarried or you move on and find somebody who wants to marry you because that man has zero intention of marrying you. I would
2: say uh, wanting to get married and the other person not wanting to get married is a pretty big sticking point. It's a little different than like arguing about which color hand towels you should get for the
1: bathroom. It's pretty big. You talk about y'all been together seven years and then he's before the pandemic, right? Before everybody's locked in the house <laughs> and forced to be alone with their right. spouse. He's like, yeah, so, yeah, we'll get married. And then he goes through this being stuck with you for a year, 18 months, 24 months. And then he's like, absolutely not.
2: Yeah, yeah. so if this, is, if this is seven years and it's 2023, and that means they had from 2016 to 2020, where there wasn't, we didn't even know about a pandemic. They had four yeah. years there where they were just kind of didn't get married and there was no reason. And I would say four years is long enough to decide if you're going to marry somebody or not.
0: Yeah, that's
1: pretty
2: reasonable. I not guarantee you're going to be right and it's going to work out, but that ought to be long enough to know whether you want to go for that or not. Um, sure. That's, that's quite an idea. That's quite a, uh, that's quite an answer of like, when are we going to get married? And the guy's like, no. No. Not till there's no more pandemic. When's full hey, well full well, well knowing this is gonna be around forever.
1: Like <laughs> Forever. This is the new flu. And he's like until like, so nobody has the flu, we aren't doing it. We are not like you're, doing
2: it. You're you're either in like the category of people that never that like think it's a, a hoax to begin uh. with and doesn't believe in the pandemic somehow, or you're in the category that most people are in where it's like you know i know my terminology is not going to be right but anybody most people would be like the pandemic part of the pandemic is over and now we're just right. kind of in the this right. is like a normal part of life or you're in this third category of people that are like this guy who's saying the pandemic's never over and i'll not i know i don't feel right marrying you while there's still suffering in this world not until then <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, he stopped wearing masks. He doesn't wash his hands 20 times a day anymore. He doesn't carry uh, hand sanitizer on his belt loop anymore. He's let go of all the other stuff that were associated with the pandemic. But this Mary thing, we got to hold out on that. (laughs) The only lingering
2: effect of the pandemic is not wanting to do this. Herb, let's do the news. Let's do it. This first item is actually uh, for you, Campy. You're our resident basketball expert. That is, mm-hmm. That's a great substitute right there for Tony Gill because Tony Gill is our basketball expert normally. And you are like, I think your job title might be basketball expert. More or pretty less. Much. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much what you do. If I was like, Campy, what do you do for a living? You'd be like basketball expert. And I would accept that. I'd be like, yeah, he is. That's what he does.
1: It's facts.
2: Campy, LeBron James rolled into Denver for the season opener. I flipped on that game and they were getting blown out by Denver. Is that how that ended?
3: Yeah. It, the score stayed a little closer than it probably entailed. Denver had control of that.
2: So LeBron walks in and, uh, you know, great thing about the NBA is they always show what everybody's wearing. He is decked out completely in Louis Vuitton. Completely. Like shirt, pants, shoes, tote bag and suitcase he had like a tote bag kind of slung around his neck and had like a like a hard shell small suitcase in his other hand um the total price of what he walked into the arena wearing was twenty eight thousand dollars and that didn't even account for jewelry or i assume you know 400 socks that he was wearing or something the shirt was five grand the pants were 1250 the shoes this is all from tmz they price checked all this for me Uh the shoes were 1220 odd price when you're spending that much for shoes i would think it would come into like a, a solid yeah hundreds yeah 1220 the tote bag great. tote bag was 11 grand which I'll tell you right now is more than I paid for my car. And Ooh. the briefcase was 9,500, which now that I'm thinking about it, actually that's also
3: more than I paid for my car. A question that I have off of this. Sure. When it's these brands is everything made custom. Is that part of it? Or is there actually like Louis Vuitton five grand shirt off the rack? Cause if it's five grand oh, that- off the, off the rack, that's wild your picture so like, they definitely have T.J. that stuff.
2: type store huh
3: <laughs> yeah clearly this is not my uh this is not my my forte in terms of you know clothes because for me the, the what i feel special when i'm able to find a new shirt from the shack collection at at the big and tall section at <laughs> jc Penny's. that's when i'm like oh collection. Dude, it's It's actually legit. As in like Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. Yeah. He has a clothes, a big and tall clothesline of like suits, button-downs, uh, you know, just like everything down to t-shirts. And they're actually it's actually legitimately like decent looking stuff.
1: I've
0: never had a
2: check collection at JCPenney. That's interesting.
1: No, so they definitely have that kind of they definitely have that kind of merch. I mean, I'm sure LeBron can get some stuff custom made if he desires, but they do have stuff that's five thousand dollars and it's like that is crazy. Like part of me wants to say it must be nice. But then part of me knows for sure that I would never like like easy for me to say when I don't have LeBron James money. But I'm pretty sure that if I did have LeBron James's money, I would not spend it on five thousand dollar shirts.
2: But if you're a billionaire, isn't a five thousand dollar shirt, probably like you spending five bucks on a shirt. If they even yeah, have I to buy it at all.
1: That's true, but it's it's the principle i no I'm not doing it
2: lebron i i have really i'm really like becoming more of a leBron James fan now at the like the least popular time to do it, and probably right. like the least i don't know what the word would be like lucrative time to do it because this is the right. end he's kind of like yeah. winding down and he may the winding down for him might take five years I don't know, but I kind of like. I'm kind of like – I wouldn't say identifying with necessarily because it would be crazy for me to think I identify with him in any way. But him and I are like the same age, and I kind of am am really impressed by seeing this 39-year-old guy with a bald spot going out there and running like this. (laughs) It's inspirational.
1: It's inspirational. You too could be LeBron James, Jason.
2: Herb, do you remember when Skip Bayless was over at ESPN? I do. First take. Jalen Rose also was over there. Is Jalen Rose still on ESPN? Absolutely. Can't be? He is not. Absolutely. He was caught up in that
1: round of firings, that round of layoffs they did a couple months ago. He was one one of those.
2: Okay. So they're both out of ESPN now. Uh, As is Jay Crawford, the former ESPN anchor. He was on the Awful Announcing podcast and revealed on there that Jalen Rose was banned from first take at, at a certain point for mocking Skip Bayless and his 1.4 points per game average in high school. <laughs> now, as as someone who is not a uh, dedicated first take watcher, is first take still a show? Yes. I it don't is. know. I'm not trying to be like mocking that. Oh, no, wow. sadly it is. Wildly successful. So you can mock it and say, sadly, all you want, like I would, but uh, it's still on. Um, Jalen, in that exchange, which I never heard about, I think this was several years ago, uh, called Skip Water Pistol Pete. (laughs) That's fantastic. So I didn't know about this story. Maybe some some of you have heard this before, but um, I think the revelation from Jay Crawford was that Jalen had actually been banned over this but I went back and found the YouTube clip where Jalen and Skip got into it and Jalen started going in on Skip during a, an argument about something basketball related, about how he didn't really play in high school and he wasn't really even good. And Skip had kind of positioned himself as like having been a high school basketball star. And this is an absolutely amazing story of pettiness that will surprise no one. After Jalen Rose debunks Skip's exaggerated stories of high school basketball glory, which is like totally irrelevant anyway. Jay Crawford said that Skip insisted on starting the next day's show with an uninterrupted monologue to explain why it, he only averaged 1.4 points per game in his senior year of high school. And the reason, and Jay, I don't know if this ever actually happened. That oh. What I was reading... Searching kind of indicated that maybe it did, that maybe Skip did start the next day's show this way. But when, when the producer had told Jay Crawford, the anchor, that this is what Skip wanted to do. Jay This is Jay Crawford's retelling. Jay Crawford says, what? No, we're not starting our national sports debate show with that. We're not doing that on the show. No. And the producer told him, well, we're not sure if Skip will come on the show if we don't let him do it tomorrow. We don't know if Skip will come and do his job unless we agree to this. The reason, by the way, this is just like gets better and better. The reason that Skip Bayless gave for why he only averaged 1.4 points per game as a senior in high school was that the coach gave preferential treatment to his son.
0: Mm. And
1: the coach
2: did not see what a great shooting guard Skip Bayless was.
1: Mm. It
2: was him to play point guard, which is kind of the genesis of Jalen Rose's Water Pistol Pete joke.
1: Water Pistol Pete is one of the funniest Like jokes I've ever heard. That's hilarious. But like Skip Bayless absolutely seems like one of those guys who would take something like that so deeply to heart that he would actually not come to work the next day. And he would insist that Jalen Rose can never, ever come there because I, too, was a great high school basketball player. Sir, no, you weren't. Jalen Rose was a great high school basketball player. You know how we know this? Because he was one of the top rated high school basketball players in the country, mm-hmm. one of the highest rated recruits. He went on to start at Michigan for one of the most uh, historic teams in the history of college basketball. Like, sir, knock it off. And your 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 Napoleon complex, like, which has nothing to do with his size, but with his meager accomplishments of, of, of athletics, has now led you down this road to where you we have to start our nationally syndicated sports show with something that has nothing to do with national sports or any sports really like knock it off sir that is crazy like super crazy but not surprising at all just seeing how he moves but some guys use that type of childhood failure or inadequacy and it pushes them to the heights of their of their field and i think that's what he does i mean he's He's still in shape. He's like 85. He goes to the gym every day. Knock it off. Like, what are you trying to prove?
2: Skip Bayless is 71, uh, Campy. And, like, I think everyone pretty much, it's a pretty universal experience to have played on a youth sports team and the coach's kid was on the team and got preferential treatment. Mm -hmm. The part I'm hung up on is, like, still telling that story angrily at 71 like not being over it by 71 that's crazy
3: it's interesting what tv does to people because like i've I've talked to people that worked with him when he was like a a, more of a capital j journalist Mm -hmm. and he was like there was a time where he was good at that job And then it was almost like he got on TV, saw his face in there, and became the caricature of the worst parts of his personality. And now it's like hearing stuff like that. It's like, gee, I wonder why he can't, you know, keep someone to work with him and they have to keep shuffling people through because it's either they're done with it or his inadequacies won't let it happen.
1: In his mind, yeah. he's still the best two guard in his high school. Like that's how he—that's how he wakes up every morning. Like I am a great two guard, and I am putting up shots today, and they're all going in.
3: He's Uncle Rico without the accomplishments in high school. Yes, <laughs> thank you. And at and at seventy one years
2: old, like what what's more petty, like hanging on to that, or banning Jalen Rose from your show because of this?
1: It's all the same,
2: Herb. I have a great story of theft for you. All right. This is from the Associated Press. And uh, also some reporting from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Four men in Philadelphia are alleged to have gone on a robbery spree that included Mm. the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. Wow. They make the money where they literally make it. Uh, They are charged with stealing two million dimes. Which is two hundred thousand dollars about ten thousand pounds worth of dimes. So a truck driver for the mint was going from Philly to Miami, I guess transporting currency okay. and pulled into a parking lot to sleep. and I'm gonna say like that's problem number one maybe you know he I understand that fired. truck drivers do that. I have a I have a, a friend that drives um, I don't know what the word for it is, but he drives those trucks that carry cars uh, like mm-hmm. an auto transporter. And he's always telling me about, you know, finding a place in Utah to pull into a parking lot and sleep and whatever. I don't think we should be doing that with the U.S. currency. I don't think the mint should be doing that. Anyway, so this guy pulls into a parking lot. He, he picked this up in Philly and I, he must have picked it up late because that's where this happened. He pulled off into a parking lot in Philly to sleep for the night. And oh. surveillance video shows these four people are four people, not necessarily these four people. This is still alleged at this point loading dimes out of the back of the truck into smaller bags literal dime bags you might literal dime bags yeah that wasn't on my script i came up with that just right now
1: well done well done jason
2: and throwing it in a truck and my favorite part of this is that was one piece of evidence of how they got caught but one of the other ones was that they like what do you do with ten thousand pounds worth of dimes what do you do with literal literally two million dimes which again is only worth $200,000. And I would happily accept a gift of $200,000 or a check of $200,000. But I don't know that I want to risk time in federal prison over $200,000. They were converting these at
0: coin machines in Maryland. That's what I was about to say. (laughs)
1: Like, what do you do? You just go to the grocery store and go up to the coin machine and just start dumping out these dime bags into the thing you have to have on a ski mask because once they come through and check the dump, like you're going to jail. Like what's wrong with you?
2: I mean, are you rolling in like a, like one of those garbage drums full of dimes? What are and you doing? Like there's, there's some lady, there's some like old lady that's got a soup can full of various coins. And you're like, I'm going to be here for a little bit. I mean, and you can't put come up this to and be like, where Where'd you get that giant uh, duffel bag full of dimes? You know, like, I just really like dimes. I just save all my dimes.
1: Just struggling to carry it in there, just dragging it into the grocery store. And what kind of car did you put this in? Because I, I imagine you're like messing up the suspension or shocks. Like that's a lot of weight to just throw in a trunk of a car. This has to be like a pickup truck or something like what <laughs> you this is, see. This is you're not thinking this through. You, just, you haven't thought this through. Like, I don't know if y'all were just following the truck and it's like, oh, we got it, and you opened it and found out there were dime bags, and then you just kind of had to see it through. But you didn't, you didn't think this through. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, roll up to like Mercedes Benz with like a bunch of bags of dimes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I like that. I like that new Benz over there.
2: Oh, I want that G wagon. How many of uh, these sacks of dimes does it take? <laughs> and and if you and it, let's just say it's not this cartoonish, like dragging in a wheelbarrow full of dimes into Piggly Wiggly to use at the coin star. Let's just say you're trying to be sly about it. I mean, how many trips are you having to make to do that? If you've got this Seriously. just in like a regular, you know, quart size Ziploc bag, I mean, are, you're going to be going into the grocery store like five times a day. You don't think anyone's going to notice? Are you wearing like a different, different, are you like going home and changing outfits? Like if you're really doing this sophisticatedly, you're still you going to drive still gonna be travel across the country flagrantly obvious (laughs) and like every day you're going to cash in like what like 80 bucks yeah (laughs) Yeah, you're
3: going to cash in your gas money
1: that's it that's it (laughs) you just drive across the country cashing in your gas money to drive to another city and do this again oh my god yeah that's 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 not smart come on do better
2: finally herb uh i i think you know this about me i enjoy stories about failed animal smuggling i i do not like animal smuggling itself but i i like the weird ways in which people hide these things these animals usually involves putting it in your pants and trying to get it through the airport and the also the audacity of thinking you'll get away with this like that tsa isn't going to notice you're wearing a hoodie but inside are 50 chinchillas crawling around each other they won't notice that your hoodie is like rippling and squeaking this is a story from the associated press and wmaz a tv station in georgia about a guy named stephen baker and you would think that doing two years in federal prison would be enough to deter you from smuggling turtles a second time What? but it was not stephen baker did time for turtle smuggling Uh, I think in 2018, yeah, in 2018, and has been caught again. And I'm thinking like, this guy's like about my age. This guy's like early 40s. And I'm thinking, let's see, if I'm in federal prison for smuggling turtles, let's just start with that as our premise.
1: In Federal prison for smuggling turtles.
2: I feel like every day I would wake up so full of regret.
1: I would say
2: what was I thinking? All of this, all like take five seconds and imagine everything that happens in a federal prison. And this was over turtle smuggling. This was so stupid. Why would I have done this? But there's another way you could go. And I'm not saying this is what Stephen Baker was thinking, but you know, if you did go to federal prison for getting caught for a crime, you might instead spend your time thinking about how you might get away with it in the future. Like tracing back your steps, and saying this is where I went wrong in the turtle smuggling. And when I get out, when I get out, I'm getting right back into the game. I'm getting right back into turtle smuggling. I I know where I went wrong. I'm gonna be on this now. Uh, he was arrested in Georgia on 15 felony counts for the poor treatment of 15 turtles that he was not licensed to have. 11 albino red eared sliders, one brown red eared slider. Two pink belly side necks; those are very valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't actually, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. And one Chinese golden thread, which apparently is the name of a turtle. I didn't. I, I wouldn't a know Chinese that a Chinese golden, golden thread, thread. Yeah, it doesn't have turtle in the title. It just says a Chinese golden thread. Uh, the story I'm not done because it's oh. it's even it's even a little bit better. Um, it gets gooder. The sto- He's from South Carolina. This was all found out in Georgia where his mom lives because he was storing them in a basin at his mom's house. And local police found this like next to the trash because they had been called. Stephen Baker might've gotten away with this, except for that mangy dog. There was this, uh, they, the police were called about an abandoned dog or a stray dog. And so they came out to check it out and found his stash of illegal turtles at his mom's house. And when they asked Stephen Baker's mom about this, she said, yeah, I've been trying to get him to come get these things for two months and he won't (sighs) just a couple of years ago. My dad was cleaning out his basement and told me if I didn't get my old baseball cards and like Little League trophies out of here, he was just going to throw them away. But Stephen Baker's mom was like harboring illegal turtles for him, trying to get him to come pick these things up. Like, come on, you're 43, you got your own house, take care of your own illegal turtles.
1: You've made your mom an accomplice to a federal crime now. Your mom knows you did two years for this turtle smuggling thing before. And then you come out and do it again. I get what you're saying about the two possible options for why you're sitting in there and what you're thinking about. But the latter option in terms of I'm going to get better at this, that's for... If I'm in the feds for like a diamond heist or something like that, like, oh, I know what happened. I'm going here's back an to another one, but
2: here's how I'm going to cool. steal the Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, right. That 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 works for you on and like that's, you know, in like heat and, and, you know, Robert De Niro and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. No problem. But Your you're prison, talking about
2: you got busted for stealing this diamond and you're concocting this entire Ocean's Eleven scenario. Are you going to get an even bigger diamond next time? As soon as I get out of here, man, I'm calling Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Uh, but this guy. is get like, this thing done. You know how they turtles. caught me with them turtles last time? Here's what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna hide them at my mom's house.
1: Hide them at my mom's <laughs> house. I love the voice you give him because well, I didn't want to do it, it, but I'm glad you did it. Um, <laughs> listen, if I were him, I would hate every. I would hate Ninja Turtles. I would hate yeah. chocolate covered turtles. Right. Like, mm. <laughs> like, like, I would hate the Maryland Terrapins. Like, like I don't want nothing to do with a turtle. Like, you come right back out for turtles? Yeah. Ooh. This is the whole reason I was in the pen. Yeah. Can we
3: no. confirm or oh, like, I, either way that Stephen Baker is the I like turtles kid?
0: I like turtles. I don't turtles. know what that is. <laughs> what
3: is that? Is that you a don't YouTube know that? Thing? No, I don't know what yeah. it is. I'll send it to you. It's this kid who was, what, probably like 8 to 10? Probably like yeah. 8 at the time. And he had his face painted at some fair or something. And they asked a news reporter asked him, I don't even remember what the question was about. But it wasn't about turtles. And his answer to the question was, I like turtles. <laughs> that monotone. And it's, it's got to be in the Internet Meme Hall of Fame.
2: Wow. No doubt. I'm going to have to look that up.
3: So, I like uh, turtles.
2: Stephen Baker <laughs> has now been caught two times for trying to smuggle turtles. And I'm uh, sure if he did two years for the last one, he's going back. It's going to, again, be over those rascally turtles. He was caught this time because they, just bad luck. They found him at his mom's house on a call about a stray dog. The time when he got caught before, he was caught for trying to ship them. And he was shipping them... Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's got, the <laughs> mail. A lot of times when you ship stuff, it goes through an airport. So the the TSA agent at JFK caught this. He was putting the turtles in socks, and then he was putting them in a box that had candy and ramen noodles, and labeling the box. This is what he thought would work: labeling it
1: "snacks." <laughs> Turtle snacks. <laughs> Hey, this, come on, man. You can't make this stuff up. Like you talked about earlier, like, like writing these stories and coming up with you can't, nobody's that creative. Like there, you can't make up stuff that is more wild than the stuff humans actually do. And then you got busted, not even by like an anti smuggling dog. You just got busted by a stray dog, like a random stray uh, dog. <laughs> yep. You got caught by
2: police that weren't even on your trail. They just that happened is. to found your bucket of turtles
3: at your mom's house and am like, this looks weird. Right. And your mom flipped like quicker yeah. than anybody that we see nowadays.
2: Oh. I don't know. I don't. It can't be. I don't look like it that she flipped. I don't look like that. I don't look at it like she turned on him. I look at it like she was had enough of these turtles. Like you left these turtles here. He probably didn't tell her he was leaving them until after he was already out of town. She'd been trying to get him to get this crap out of her house. Finally, somebody came to help with that. The
1: police. She, she had enough of little Stevie. He's been doing this crap his whole life. Like he's, mm-hmm. she's been sick of <laughs> him. Okay, she has Maybe. been sick of him.
2: Herb, if I asked you to hold something for me because I was worried about the law catching up with me, mm-hmm. I don't think in your top fifty guesses you would say illegal turtles.
1: <laughs> I would not. I would not think that for one second. I also would not ask. Because I want to maintain some plausible deniability, I would just say, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know where my you know what my car looks like out there, and let's not ever talk about this again. But I still would not think that it okay. were turtles. Oh.
2: I'll give you a shoebox of turtles. Or I'll give you shoe. You won't know what it is. I'll give you this shoebox and I'll say, look, I, I need you to hold this for me. I don't know for how long. But every week, I want you to slice up some apple and and carrots and put it in there. But don't look, and maybe some grass. I don't know what they do. And a little tray of water.
1: Oh my
2: god! Uh, No questions asked. All right, we're friends, right?
0: Yep.
3: Don't stick your finger in there at all.
0: Just don't don't stick your finger in there. Don't pack around. Don't don't
2: poke around at it. Uh, Don't let children near it. But it'll be fine. And don't mind the smell. (sighs) That's the news. Sports adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A and get 23% off everything, including their new pillow. And I cannot stress this enough. I always try to tell you guys this time of year, like it is very, very stressful to be trying to get a gift for Christmas or birthday or something like that last minute. It's October. You could buy this today for somebody. And A, it's a great gift. B, you get a great discount on it. And C, you don't have to think about it anymore. You wouldn't have to think. You'll be getting up to like, you know, it's December 15th. And you're like, oh, what did I get my brother for Christmas? Like, oh, yeah, I took care of that. Thanks, past me. You did it. Just go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A and get 23% off everything. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. Your first bet with BetMGM Gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500. So you can bet whatever amount you want. Maybe you're feeling crazy. Maybe you got Bajent fever and you want to bet up to $1,500. <laughs>
0: That's
2: right. <laughs> on the Bears. The last I saw, I think, were a nine point underdog at the Chargers. And if it doesn't, if on the complete shocking chance that that bet doesn't work out for you, <laughs> They'll give you free future betting credits in that amount to give it another whirl. Just use our promo code adjacent 1000 over at BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Rick Kip, you are doing great, man. You are doing an excellent job filling in here. Thank you.
3: Thank you. It's fun to get to be back uh, filling Tony's shoes for a while.
2: You're filling his shoes as a producer, as a basketball expert, as just a good general Contributor, I hope you're having fun. I hope you're enjoying it. Absolutely. You're not just I'll, doing this for the paycheck, I hope. No, no.
3: Because if I was you'll wasn't be enjoying very it.
2: disappointed, it's going to yeah.
3: <laughs> if I we wasn't pay, enjoying it, well. I would come up with an excuse. I would, I would start a you know smuggling turtles, having some sort of <laughs> you know ring there to and you know. Don't go down that
2: path, buddy. I don't no? want to see you. No, <gasps> I don't want to see that happen to you. Herb, I love having you here as always. Thank you for filling in for. Russ, or as uh, Tony calls him when he's doing baseball work, Ross Dursey.
1: It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me thoroughly. Enjoyed hanging out with y'all, talking about the wonderful things that happen in the world of humans. I know that you are headed out to Los
2: Angeles this weekend for Bears Chargers for the bigs. Um, I know that one of your plans is to not get locked in the stadium. What else are you going to do in L.A.?
1: I don't really have much plan. A good buddy of mine actually lives out there, and I'll hit him up to try and link up, but he's actually uh, coming back home, bringing his kid uh, home for Halloween. So I don't have much plan. I'm just going to chill out. I'll get there late Saturday night, probably get up, have some breakfast or something, probably go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and then I'll go to the stadium, do the game. It'll be late when we leave there. I'll go home, get some sleep, and get up out of there on Monday
2: morning. The Rams, when the Rams were playing at the Coliseum, they were serving Roscoe's at halftime. Oh, sweet! Yeah, the Bears have fixed that problem. Actually, their press box food that is fixed. That's officially fixed. It used to be like worse than any school cafeteria by far. Now that I'm thinking back to like school cafeteria in high school and grade school, like that was way better food than what we've been eating in Soldier Field for the last few years. But that they has have, been like, fixed. The
3: sheet, the sheet pizza. That was like yeah. cut into brick oh, shapes.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, Chicken patty was my main thing. Chicken patty, the yeah. fried, the breaded chicken sandwich. Uh, but Kevin Warren, the new president, uh, they hired him to build a stadium, a massive two billion dollar, beautiful stadium, and that's on his to do list. But first, he checked off fix the food at Soldier Field. That has been accomplished. Well, we might have to find something to do out there, Herb. We might have to find some trouble since uh, we'll both be out there and you have no plans.
1: All right, you know I'm down.